growing green to generate more green. Welcome to The Grow Show with Kyle Cushman. Each week we plant the conversational seeds about cultivation and the changing climate of cannabis culture. We'll peel back the layers of benefits of the world's most versatile plant, from food to fuel, from remedy to resource. CannabisRadio.com proudly presents The Grow Show with your host, multi-award-winning grow master and respected cannabis consultant, Kyle Cushman. A heartfelt hello and welcome to all you open-minded, fair dinkum type of playful pranksters. This is The Grow Show, and I'm your host, Kyle Cushman. Good afternoon, Trip. Thanks for taking the time to talk with us today. Kyle, thank you so much. We truly appreciate it. It's an honor and a privilege to, to be here to talk to you and your listeners. I appreciate it. Thanks for including us. Oh, well, thank you. You know, you're quickly becoming a luminary in this industry here with a company that you've built is rapidly growing. And I mean, I've seen it on several cannabis documentaries on TV and I've tried your product once, but I only got a few sips. We had to share a bottle among several people, so I didn't get to really indulge. But it's disappointing that the good news is we are manufacturing in the state of California now, and hopefully those products, including the uh, flagship product, the Dixie Elixir, will find its way into L.A. in the not-too-distant future. But we're honored to be able to serve medical marijuana patients in the state of California and, of course, both patients and adult use consumers today in Colorado. Great. I'm looking forward to it. You know, as an advisory member and being a board member on the Marijuana Policy Project, you obviously have some interest in the legalization movement. And I was curious, what was your personal experience with cannabis prior to co-founding Dixie Brands? You know, Kyle, I'll be honest with you, and I've been pretty forthright. I mean, my relationship with this powerful plant, Cannabis Sativa, was relatively light for most of my adult life. I unfortunately embraced alcohol as a primary recreational drug, if you will. But in early 2009, certainly I had used marijuana on occasion uh, growing up as a a young adult in Washington, D.C., where it was clearly not legal. And then, of course, in college, it really took me to 2009 when I was living in Denver, Colorado, to understand that medical marijuana was an option. I was a patient for a couple of years early on. And since then, I've really understood like our own president, President Obama, that marijuana is less harmful than alcohol. And at the ripe old age of 47, you're not as sprightly as you used to be. And so I'm using marijuana in a couple of different categories, and I find it to be very, very beneficial. That's great. I'm glad to hear that. And that you also mentioned President Obama. I've always felt like he was on our side, and I'm hoping that he continues to further our cause before he leaves. So now that you are a consumer and a user of cannabis, do you have a particular passion or cause? What are you fired up to when it comes to cannabis legalization and advocacy? Well, I mean, you mentioned, obviously, a couple of the boards that I'm either a member of or even a founding member of, which would include the National Cannabis Industry Association, more recently the CRCR, which is the Council for Responsible Cannabis Regulation. These are all important organizations that represent various aspects of the industry at both a state and, of course, a federal level. And, you know, being able to participate in conversations at the highest level of marijuana reform and, in some cases, marijuana activism It's given me some unique insight. It's something that we've been very, very passionate about, not only I as an individual, as a person, but also as a cannabis business executive, but certainly as the CEO of Dixie Brands, is PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, and specifically how it uh, relates or impacts veterans, these young men and women that are coming back from overseas, supporting or defending our rights as Americans. It's incredibly disheartening to see how damaged these individuals are coming back And without getting into the nitty-gritty, I mean, the most obvious solution that the Veterans Administration or government is offering 
is opiates. And this is just not acceptable to me. And so PTSD is a really polarizing issue for me as an individual, but also as a business executive, because just recently, again, for the third time, three years in a row, we as a state have rejected PTSD as a qualifying condition under the medical marijuana registry. And it's really, really sad because clearly this powerful plant can solve for that. And so we're going to continue to fight with soldiers like Dr. Sue Sisley and people even like Sanjay Gupta are shining a big bright light on this, that cannabis can potentially mitigate and or cure this powerful, powerful situation, PTSD. Oh, that's so important. I mean, we've fallen so short in taking care of our wounded soldiers in every facet that to not provide them with such an important substance is pretty much a travesty. And I'm glad to hear that you're on the side to try to change this. I'm curious also, what led you to start a company of infused products versus other facets of the industry, such as growing or dispensing? Yeah, well, it's interesting. The <laughs> self-deprecating sense of humor sort of kicks in. I'll be perfectly blunt, Kyle, and, it, and it's, it's, it's accurate. I mean, I, I just didn't know enough about this plant in which to, I mean, we really had three options here in the state of Colorado in 2009 and certainly early in 2010 when the Marijuana Enforcement Division was created a division of the Department of Revenue. And they basically segregated into three licenses. That was commercial cultivation, manufacturing, and of course, retail distribution serving the medical marijuana patients. I knew enough about myself uh, not being able to maintain a garden or even grow house plants that I just did not have the intellectual horsepower, the skill sets to grow this plant, even though it's called weed, maybe because it grows like one for a reason, but to grow <laughs> good quality connoisseur cannabis, it takes an incredible amount of skills, which I did not have. And so that was really off the table. Secondarily, you know, uh, marketing to the medical marijuana patient just seemed incredibly complicated, even with some fairly significant experience in marketing. I mean, you're talking about such a diverse group of individuals, the demographic here in the state of Colorado and the medical marijuana registry is so broad. And again, we didn't have the level of sophistication, the, the strategic partnerships, even the intellectual horsepower that is flooding into the industry for marketing uh, and other industry disciplines. And so how do you market to that 23-year-old lift operator who is ostensibly using it for chronic pain, which represented about 75% of the qualifying conditions at the time? all the way up to maybe that 75-year-old grandmother who's using it to solve for glycoma and the pain associated with that. So I just wasn't sure if I really could put a fine point on it. And it led me back to the infused products category and ultimately creating a company that would allow me in some form or fashion to medicate the masses. And, you know, manufacturing a widget was something that I thought we could get our arms around. And lo and behold, you know, Dixie Elixirs was formed. And so five years later, we're incredibly proud of where we stand. Well, you've certainly uh, bypassed the troubles you spoke of about how to market to this wide demographic because uh, everybody likes a soda pop once in a while. Everybody likes a bonbon once in a while. So really, that was pretty smart. And I'm glad you're in the industry. You've created quite a sophisticated company. It, it, it's an important part of the ever-expanding culture, the cannabis culture, to reach out to people who don't necessarily want to smoke. And I think it's very, very yeah, important. I agree. I mean, first of all, thank you for the uh, generous compliments. I mean, they don't fall on deaf ears. It's really an honor to represent the entire workforce that represents Dixie Elixirs. And candidly, the industry, there are tens of thousands of people that are doing what we are doing at various levels or various scales. And it's incredibly exciting and an honor, a privilege to work alongside so many contemporaries that carry 
at bare minimum, the same level of passion, in many cases more, because they've been involved in it for much, much longer. I mean, but your point earlier in the introduction, Kyle, should not fall on deaf ears, is that the infused product sector of the cannabis industry is, is likely the fastest growing segment in Colorado alone. Last year, we sold over almost 5 million pieces, if you will, of infused products as an industry and represented about 45% of a $700 million market. It's important to note when we had medical marijuana only in the state of Colorado 2013, the market only represented about $350 million. So these are all wow. statistics that can be attributed Fantastic. back to the Department of Revenue. Yeah, just growing at an exponential pace and sometimes it's a little bit intimidating, but certainly indicative of things to come. It's fantastic. The latest thing that I saw was literally a cannabis gelato bar here in a club in LA. And that just really blew my mind because who doesn't love gelato, right? <laughs> Sounds but delicious. That, that brings me to my next question. It, you know, how does Dixie Brands manage to operate a multi-million dollar business given the current hesitancy of the banking industry to involve themselves with the cannabis industry? Well, that is the multi-billion dollar question, Kyle, that literally probably every single cannabis business executive, both current and those aspiring, because banking represents clearly the single greatest opportunity that we have as an industry, given an industry that is doubling, if not tripling on an annual basis. Certainly 2016 is going to be a watershed moment when we legalize a significant portion of states serving both the medical marijuana patients, the adult consumer. Go California. But, I mean, yeah, in California, exactly. But, I mean, look at Colorado alone. I mean, we're targeted to be close to a billion dollars this year, up from $700 million last year. About 85% of those transactions, Kyle, are conducted in cash. And so this presents sort of the unenviable task mission to, to deal with that cash. And as my daddy says, oh, maybe it's a rich person's problem to deal with. But, I mean, these are real problems all the way up to the state government because they have to accept payments in the form of cash. And here in the city of Denver, I mean, they actually had to change the whole format for the treasurer's office because whereas before you would slide an envelope, now we're pushing duffel bags through and so they had to widen <laughs> the, the spaces. But, you know, I'm, I'm proud. I'm it, sorry. It, it, that, is, that, that is a really, really funny visual. <laughs> it is. It's 100% it's accurate. I mean, you've got individuals lined up with their own security teams and duffel bags, if you will, uh, you know, virtual wheelbarrows full of cash. We're trying to pump it back into the system. I mean, the state of Colorado generated 70 plus million dollars in, in sales tax and revenue and licensing fees targeted to be in excess of $100 million. And again, a majority of that is being paid in cash. So I think our federal government clearly recognized just most recently a Senate Appropriations Committee uh, passed some favorable legislation that will give us more and more access to banking. And I think we'll probably have this situation licked potentially as early as 2016 with the arrival of a new president. Hopefully, like our current President Obama, will be favorable towards an industry that is creating tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of jobs, but likely going to pay billions of dollars into the state coffers across the country. Right. Money aside, this is a really important issue, providing uh, products in, in all its various forms for people that can take advantage of the therapeutic effects of cannabis is really, really important and near and dear to me. I've considered cannabis my medicine for almost 30 years now. I called it medicine before anybody else around me called it medicine. I believe that all cannabis use is medicinal, whether you recognize it as such or not. And let me say, it's really no 
a coincidence that all of the changes that are going on in our society with the Supreme Court rulings on gay marriage and the removal of the rebel flag from over the North Carolina state capitol and all of these things are all about the furthering of tolerance and hopefully building a better world where people feel less threatened and a little bit freer. Wow, I've really been enjoying this conversation, but we have to take a quick break for our sponsors and we'll be right back with some more discussion with Trip Kieber from Dixie Elixirs. The Grow Show with Kyle Cushman will return once we cultivate through this short commercial break. MJWellness.com, the largest medical marijuana community in the world. Connect with thousands of patients, doctors, industry leaders, and businesses through shared personal experiences along our worldwide network. Discover new therapies and benefits with content tailored to you. Come grow your network on MJWellness.com. You're not alone. Your wellness matters. Learn, live, and thrive. Check out MJWellness.com today. Gondrepreneur.com, your guide to the cannabis business world. Gondrepreneur.com is a comprehensive resource for cannabis professionals and entrepreneurs. Download the Gondrepreneur app on your smartphone or tablet to catch up on cannabis industry news, scroll through our daily job listings, and learn about successful cannabis companies, executives, and investors. Gondrepreneur.com, helping Gondrepreneurs grow. Chronicling the latest cannabis industry news and headlines. Well, with four states with tax and regulate and the District of Columbia. The state of cannabis. Oh my God, it's refreshing. We have people that generally wouldn't speak on behalf of cannabis for fear of retribution, fear of losing your practices, fear of of many of those things, and and find ourselves in a a place that we finally can. Bringing you fact-based news and views and keeping listeners on the pulse of what's happening in the industry today. The State of Cannabis. On demand anytime, only on CannabisRadio.com. Time to plant some more conversational seeds. You're listening to The Grow Show with Kyle Gushman, only on CannabisRadio.com. So, Trip, what an amazing company you've built. I know that your product line is expanding all the time. What are the biggest challenges when it comes to dosing and packaging of you know, cannabis-infused products? Well, it's, it's multifaceted, Kyle. I mean, to your point, I mean, the, the only thing that is consistent in the infused product sector is change. And I don't even mean that tongue-in-cheek. I mean, literally every single quarter we're faced with new rules and regulations, certainly here in the state of Colorado. Fascinating in California basically has no regulatory framework. So we think that we're going to be able to pay a lot of what we've learned here in the state of Colorado forward in these newly emerging states. But, you know, the packaging platforms continue to evolve, but most importantly, making sure that they're ASTM certified, which is a federal guideline associated with child proof and tamper resistant packaging. In our case, in the state of Colorado, we need to be able to dose to 10 milligrams, which is a standard dose for an active THC milligram count. And then lastly, making sure that these products are labeled properly, not only indicating the contents, both an ingredient statement and nutritional facts, but you know the active total number of milligrams and in between each dose, how much time you should allow for. And so Unfortunately, we've had three tragedies loosely associated with the consumption and or ingestion of cannabis. I would suggest that this plant, marijuana, a.k.a. 
cannabis sativa did not kill anybody, but potentially could be attributed. But mostly it's due to a lack of consumer education. And so Dixie well, I was thought- I was actually going to ask – you know, I don't know if everybody remembers that, that old call-in vid- video from a police officer who had confiscated some marijuana, baked it into brownies, and now him and his wife thought that they were dying. <laughs> yes, Do you remember uh, that? It's yeah, of course. Famous. I mean, I've so, the videos and the audio uh, files from him calling 911 on himself. Right. So, <laughs> so, so ironic. Like, but- my question is a little bit, you know, tongue in cheek, but nonetheless, you know, I know nobody's ever died from cannabis, and and, and I'm assuming that nobody ever will. Can you tell me a little bit about uh, maybe just give me one example of somebody who was really inexperienced or accidentally dosed themselves, and and how do you deal with a, a situation like that? Well, I mean, the most obvious and the most public figure has been last year, Maureen Dowd, who came into the state, you know quote-unquote, undercover, purchased a bunch of adult-use marijuana and clearly did not follow the rules or, excuse me, the directions that were on the packaging. And uh, according to her blog, if you will, had an incredibly unpleasant experience curled up on the floor. Listen, we probably, anybody who has ingested marijuana has felt that way and it is incredibly uncomfortable. But there are solutions, specifically cannabidiol, CBD is known to immediately relieve that stress, that anxiety we both know it is not likely that you are going to expire from the consumption, even overconsumption of THC. But, um, you know, there are situations where people have consumed too much and made a bad decision up to including taking their lives, whether they fell or jumped off a building. But in many situations, it is alcohol and or opiates that are playing a contributing factor, if you will. That entourage effect can be very, very dangerous. Listen, these products are powerful. And like you, Kyle, I agree. In many cases, they should be considered as medicine. And so we just want to make sure that the adult use consumer and or the medical marijuana patient, who generally has a greater familiarity familiarity with these platforms, consumes them responsibly and follows the directions that is outlined on the labels of these packages to products. And so this is something that we're starting to see across the country, and we're going to likely see some federal guidelines, which we as a manufacturer welcome and candidly will probably have a seat at the table as we begin to work hand-in-hand with the regulators. That is certainly what is taking place in Colorado, and we'll likely see in states like California as well as as adult-use marijuana comes to reality. Yeah, you know, just about anything can be dangerous, and there are children as well as adults who don't know how to utilize certain things. So, (laughs) I'm sorry, I'm just really having a a little personal laugh about how people will uh, disregard the power of cannabis and go ahead and overdo it, and then how they feel afterwards. I've been there myself, and yes, it is uncomfortable, but it goes away quite quickly, and there are no lasting effects. Um... (laughs) We're getting, we're getting pretty close to the end here, so I want to ask you a couple of quick questions. Do you use your own products, and if so, what's your personal favorite? Absolutely. Uh, I do embrace Dixie's infused products, both on the uh, THC line as well as on the Synergy line, which the Synergy line is arguably one of our most popular SKUs. It's a one-to-one ratio of THC in a concert with CBD. Traditionally, I'm becoming more and more familiar with vaping, uh, which I enjoy. It's a fairly discreet and quick way in which to get a low dose into your system. I use it generally for what I would describe as recreational purposes, trying to embrace marijuana more and let alcohol go. In addition to that, the tinctures are an amazing product. We have multiple flavors with multiple dosing options. And then most recently, these chocolate platforms, the incredibly infectious or the incredibly sophisticated toasted rooster is just a product that I would put up against any both medicated or not medicated chocolate bar. So 
percent uh, to cow. Yeah, pepita seeds and a sea salt uh, combined with 84 milligrams is just an amazing product that I'm really, really enjoying on a regular basis and encourage those who have access to it to consider the same. Yum. You guys are doing a great job and I hope you'll continue to do so and grow. We're going to take a quick break to give some love to our sponsors and we'll be right back to answer some listener questions. The Grow Show with Kyle Cushman will return once we cultivate through this short commercial break. Your connection to quality cannabis insurance services is spelled K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R. That's Karcher Insurance. We have worked with ventures like cannabis for over 60 years. We're proud to represent over 50 companies with tailor-made cannabis plans for owners just like you to insure your product, your plants, and your pursuits. K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R spells out their full-service insurance services, ranging from commercial to bonds, to personal, from life to health, and more. Contact the team at CarcherInsurance.com and let our experience work for you. That's K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R Insurance.com. Contact Karen and the team at Karcher Insurance at 1-844-421-3560. That's 844-421-3560. InternetMarketingNinjas.com is the online dojo of the highly trained and skilled Internet Marketing Ninjas. Disavow documents, reconsideration requests, Panda and Paywin penalties. Let our superior SEO ninjas confront all of your link-related issues. The Internet Marketing Ninjas are equipped to master any marketing exercise, content creation, authorship, link building, PPC, and more. Plus, build more buzz for your brand with our social media marketing strategy. Discover all that the Internet Marketing Ninjas can do for you. Visit the online dojo now at internetmarketingninjas.com. Cannabis Confidential with Dr. Dina. Candid. I want to give you the inside story. Captivating. I want to introduce you to my kind and amazingly talented friends. Compelling. We get to meet some of the most amazing cannabis activists and warriors around. Listen in as medical marijuana pioneer Dr. Dina shares never-before-heard stories, chats with cannabis insiders and celebrity friends, and provides invaluable perspective and insight into one of the fastest-growing industries in the world. I want to share with you what was once confidential information. Let's expose the truth, discuss the issues, and learn the facts. Cannabis Confidential, only on CannabisRadio.com. Time to plant some more conversational seeds. You're listening to The Grow Show with Kyle Cushman, only on CannabisRadio.com. Well, everybody, now it's time to answer some listener questions. You can send in questions just about anything cannabis-related to Ask Kyle through Facebook.com slash The Grow Show, all one word, or on Twitter at Cannabis Radio using the hashtag The Grow Show, all one word. And from Green Dog 117, I have a question. Why do indicas take less time to grow than sativas? Well, Green Dog, that's because of where they originate. Sativas originate in an equatorial climate, closer to the equator, more pleasant surroundings. And indicas originate from harsher climates, farther away from the equator, that have shorter growing seasons. 
So this is why you'll find that indicas are much shorter than sativas because they have a shorter growing season and they have to go ahead and make their flowers and or seed before the winter comes. So they grow shorter, they grow stockier because they're in a much harsher climate and sativas are in places like Jamaica and Hawaii, near the equator, South America. And therefore, they grow taller, have larger leaves, and indicas grow much farther from the equator where there is a shorter summer and a much harsher growing climate. Ryan T. from Facebook asks, I have a bunch of seeds, but I'm not really a grower or anything. How do I know if a seed is good to grow? Well, there is a little trick. Generally, I won't throw any seeds out based on this, but what you can do is soak your seeds in a glass of water for 12 to 24 hours ahead of time. So you put your seeds into the glass, maybe put a few drops of some rooting stimulant, which would be some seaweed or any commercially available product, and kind of just stir it around with your fingers. Every couple of hours, stir it around a little bit. And what will happen is viable seeds will sink to the bottom and non-viable seeds will float. So that's how you can tell if your seeds are going to or have any chance of sprouting or not. Diane R. from Facebook asks, are autoflowering and feminized seeds the same thing? No, Diane, they're not. Autoflowering plants are plants that will flower automatically once they reach a certain height or age. Generally, by the time they're about a foot or a foot and a half tall, uh, they're already going to start flowering. Whether you turn the lights back or not, if you don't turn the lights back, they'll continue to stay in kind of a middle state and they'll never really flower really well. Feminized seeds is completely different. Feminized seeds are created to eliminate the chance of having a male. So typically when you plant seeds, half of them are going to be male and half of them are going to be female. So it takes up a lot more space and resources. So feminized seeds, you guarantee that everything that you plant that comes up is going to be an automatic female. So that's quite advantageous. Jess W. from Facebook asks, I've got a friend that always likes to grab the buds on my plants and squeeze them. I don't really like him manhandling my plants, but aside from that, can handling the flower while it's still growing on the plant hurt it? Well, yes, it can. If you squeeze the flowers too hard, it will cause a dying back or a slowing of the growth. The best way to take a smell or what I call sample the sugar is by simply using your thumb and your forefinger and just rubbing some of the trichome or the the grease or the sugar off onto your finger and therefore you can put it up to your nose and kind of rub it back and forth and you can get a really good idea of how good and sticky and flavorful that flower is going to be. Well, I want to thank you guys for being here. You guys were great. And we are out of time, so I would like to thank the producers for making this show possible. And make sure to check out my website, kylecushman.com, where you can find out where to follow me on social media, my upcoming events, subscribe to my newsletter, and a whole lot more. You can find new episodes of The Grow Show by going to CannabisRadio.com or subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio very soon. Thanks for joining us. I'm your host, Kyle Cushman. And as always, please stay lifted. The opinions expressed on this Canada's Radio Network program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff or management of Canada's Radio Network. Any rebroadcast or retransmission without proper consent of the Canada's Radio Network is prohibited.